It's not the main quest, just the side adventure. It's not with the whole gang, just one of them. Not the main quest, just a side adventure. Look, someone had to miss because they had some other stuff to do that day. But this is what you get. You get a one-on-one -on -one session with one of your favorite characters. At least in the top five. Maybe, well, I guess maybe the top six or seven by now, but... Back to the song. Not the main quest, just the side adventure. Sometimes you have to go off on your own. Worldwalkers, side adventure. Why is this still going on? I don't know. Welcome to World Walkers, a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast played by professional cartoonists. I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. We're here at the last part of Fun Times in the Forest, and this is the one I've been waiting to share for a long time now. Let's get right to it. Ertleby would make eye contact with Tin. Ertleby's got no idea for for what to do next, so she's inclined to follow her to meet the others. This is this is what Ertleby's saying with her eyes. Yep. <laughs> and Tin is Tin is totally on board and she's saying that with her eyes. Away, oh Israel. I'm going um, I'm going to sing uh, just one more song to the forest while we walk. Um Forest, we are having fun. I almost died from laughing a ton. Forest, maybe someday I'll share your games with our grumpy friend. Old Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you watch, and as you as you um as she continues walking forward, you see she loses just a little bit of height to you, Tin. Just a little bit. Just just like maybe like an inch. But yeah, it's going. She's marching forward, song in the air, and you begin walking down the path again. Yisrael is leading, and then the path gives way to a beautiful garden. A winding walkway made of smooth stone branches out before you. There's a soft, light glow from the center of many bushes, and the bushes seem to kind of explode in any number of vibrant colors. There's a small bridge that bends over a quaint river that pours itself into a welcoming pond. Scattered about the garden are children, most likely from the village of Holkins. A hedgehog sleeps soundly in a pile of leaves. A few of the foxes are climbing trees, playing a game only they can see. Two mouse folk chase fairy flies around the pond. It seems like a lovely place to be a kid again. Were there any children in Holkins? There was a few. Okay. Yeah, so do we see anybody that like looks like human? No. Nope. Uh, or is it just animals? Just animals. Uh, and then Yisrael kind of puts her hand out for you guys to enter the enter the garden. Uh, so it's it's mostly children. Mm -hmm. There's swings, like there's like like basically like swing sets that are tied to branches and stuff. There's a nice pathway to walk. There's a couple of hills you could roll on if you wanted to, like if you want to get on top of the hill and then roll down and be kind of crazy like that. That's 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 free. 
Uh, yeah, so Tin sees, like, the kids. She kind of had this thought when she saw that Earl B initially had, like, reverted. But she's, like, starting to get a fear that Earl B will continue to Benjamin Button and, uh... <laughs> and, uh... And she's very start- starting to get very concerned for her friend. But she has no clue what to do yet, so she's just going to keep those nervous things to herself. Or maybe uh, tell Erdelby with her eyes. No, that's too much. <laughs> with, like, Morse code. <laughs> Erdelby looks right at her and she's like, I got you, babe. <laughs> I understand completely your concerns about me. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, and there's also, like, there's one hill that's kind of been carved out almost naturally, and it's, like, a big old slide. There's also, like, a large rock with a large piece of uh, wood on it that is set up to be a seesaw. Um, yeah, Tin doesn't, she's like, okay, whatever, um, for those things. But she's going to, uh, turn to Yisrael and just be like, you know, our conversation earlier got cut short. Yeah. Um. And I wanted to respond and tell you that we are trying to prevent the rest of the worlds from decaying. And we can't do that while we're here. Mm-hmm. Please let us go. Do you want to leave? Uh, Tin is going to be quiet, but also like look at Ernie to be like, back me up here, buddy. With my eyes. <laughs> Ertleby would look back and be like, mm. um, Ertleby, while Tin was talking, got on a swing set. Um, and as Ertleby kind of runs forward to get on the swing, she gets on the swing, pulls herself back, swings up, and she kind of goes almost into the light a little bit. Like she kind of like, she lines up with the sun. And when she comes back down, can you describe yourself as a kid, Ertleby? Oh my god. You still have the big hat, and you still have the same clothes, but they've been—they—they re- they fit you. She's got um gigantic like poof, like going straight up of like like black hair, and again really thick black eyebrows, and just gigantic dark eyes, and a huge hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're having the time of your life, or it'll be. Oh no. <laughs> no, like, oh, like no. As, every time you go up into the air, you feel like, "What if I never had to come down again?" And then you swing back, like it's not—it's just fun. It's just—it's the last time you were able to like kind of cut loose and just be you. Yeah, Tin's gonna t- turn to is- Yisrael and's like, "We can't be here. Me and my friend, we can't be here. We appreciate the invitation, um, but we need to leave." We need to go. We have a greater calling and we want to be able... The forest is not immune to the effects of what is happening to the other worlds. And letting us leave gives us the chance to save even the forest. And we wouldn't want this beautiful place with all this magic to disappear. So you don't want you, you, don't, you don't want to be here anymore, is what you're saying? Um, oh, I would love to be here, but I'm just so aware of what's happening outside that I'm afraid. You think the forest doesn't know? It... What? You think the forest doesn't know what's happening out there? Do you think you more you do you do you do you think you know more than the forest? 
oh no, I think the forest knows completely. Because um, it sounds like you're worried the forest isn't making the right decisions. That it, it I don't, it, I guess, hmm, 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 um, it just sounds, it feels, it sounds, it feels, it, it founds like you don't trust the forest. No, the forest has shown me that it's trustworthy and that it's worth saving. Why don't you go meet with the others and see what you think? Because the last thing you want to do is not make an informed decision. Right? Uh, I mean, I've had so much fun here already that I feel like I have already made an informed decision. Mm. Mm, and she's just kinda, I'm trying to do she's this for the giving forest. Giving you a look like, mm, really, um, mm, mm. like, what am I getting, or like, what kind of read am I getting off of her, if anything? Pursed lips and concern. Okay. Um. How about this? Tin. She's like, since the forest knows what's going on, mm-hmm. and it knows who we are, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not assuming that the forest doesn't know, right? I would like to have a direct conversation with it, if possible, me and my friend, because we need to express the concern and we want to be able to save the forest. Do you want... Do you want all the stuff you're talking about without thinking about the stuff that's waiting for you? And she kind of puts her hand forward and looking into the garden... There's the sleeping hedgehog. And there's the foxes playing the game that you can't see, but they're having a blast with. There's the two mouse folk chasing fireflies around the pond. And those are all, they look happy and content. But you know who looks the most happy? The young forged that's taking to the sky. The young forged who never lost her wings. The young forged who never had to take on the mantle of a gunslinger and therefore never had to suffer the way that she has suffered not only on her own world but on every single world that she's traveled to since then no matter what world she goes to she suffers she suffers humiliation on obrimos she suffers loss on her own home world of cog wherever she goes it's loss sadness and tragedy and right here in the sky, racing along with the, some of the kids looking up and and seeing not just a friend, but maybe their hero up in the skies is someone who took a different path. Uh, in Tin's hearts of heart, yes, she has that yearning, but she knows that because she's had her life has been so few things, uh, and, and she's met so few people that have had an impact on her life and that have meant much, so much to her that she knows that no matter how happy she is or how much she can try and like fall into this illusion or whatever the forest is trying to play, is, Nina will always still be dead. And that's something that can't ever be changed. Um, she also knows that her friends are still waiting for her and she knows that death and destruction will come to all of the planets and all of the worlds 
if she does not get Ertlebee out. So she looks at this and she goes like, and she understands this idea of like, she acknowledges that yes, she, she suffered, uh, she currently suffers, um, and that she probably will suffer some more. And she just, she looks to Israel and is like, some things are worth suffering for. Some people have to suffer in order for the rest to be saved. And I'm okay doing that because I have friends and I have family now who are counting on me and I can't live the rest of eternity here knowing that I'm needed somewhere else. You could bring your friends here too. Anyone you want. Okay, well, don't try and don't try and diminish my powerful monologue just now. <laughs> you're you're too weak and you're too scared to do what's right. You're too fragile to accept the wonderful gifts that have been given to you by an entity older than anything you could possibly imagine. You don't deserve the garden. You don't deserve the forest. And she takes a step back and she says, you deserve the underwood. Or just like and then there's these bells what? that start to echo throughout the forest. And it's this weird mix where it sounds like really old. Like To Ertleby, it sounds like the bells that Sanctuary would ring in Follis. The church bells that would echo throughout when it was time to mourn the passing of a friend. To Tin, these kind of bells that are ringing, they're, even though they're echoing off of wood as they emanate throughout the forest, they sound like the explosions of war that surrounded you as you sometimes had to race through the kingdom of Kadim and the battlefields throughout Cog in order to deliver your messages and it echoes throughout the entire forest and as she pulls back the forest begins to part the children gather around her and hold her and they're scared but she gives them comfort and she puts her arms around them and the earth under you stays but the rest of the forest shifts the kids and the garden are pulled back and before you know it you're surrounded by deep woods once again before you stands a tree that's very present fills you with fear it stands taller than the rest, and its thick bark wraps around it like armor. Then, you watch as the ground breaks apart, as roots erupt from the soil. Soon, the tree is standing even taller. Bark cracks as a large grin splinters across its front. Its branches stretch forward like spiderwebs as it begins to give you chase. It rips itself out. You can hear bark rip and break throughout, and it's standing at a full, like, 20 feet tall, and it's charging you. Uh, roll initiative. No, oh, that sucks. Why do I have to roll initiative? You know, I guess I you don't have leave? to. I mean, you could go last. Uh, oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's coming for you. Uh, all around you throughout the landscape, chasms are opening up, and that same horrifying light of reds and oranges break out of it as well. Hip, 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 hooray, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, it hasn't been um nine hours yet. Wait, I thought that with the rest... You gained the effects of a long rest. Oh, boo. 
<laughs> you watch as it bounds forward, and you can watch as it's ripping the ground apart as it runs, and then it reaches out for both of you. It sends one um, stretching path of uh, branches towards Tin, and another one reaches out towards Ertleby. Tin? Mm, I'm not making this up. It's a critical hit. Um, Fucker. The branches reach out, and they dig into you, and then they kind of almost pick you up and bash you against a tree for 15 damage. They also reach out for Ertleby. They pierce into you for 11 damage, and then it kind of it kind of picks you up as well, and it slams you into the ground, and it doesn't knock you prone, but it's holding you down as roots rip out of the ground and then bury themselves into your legs and your lower torso for another 16 damage. Ooh, and you have to make a dexterity saving throw right now. I got a 10. A 10? Um, they hold you down in place. And they're starting to drag you into the ground. Ertleby, your turn. Ertleby is a baby still. She's a child, right? Yep. Ertleby turns to Tin. And she says, You said everything exactly right. You spoke with the wisdom of somebody 10 times my age. And the forest wouldn't listen. And if the forest wouldn't listen to that, that means the forest is just one big baby. Here's something else that's big. And Ertleby transforms into an elephant. <gasps> elephant! <laughs> yeah! Yep, so that automatically just breaks the roots around you, and you watch as Ertleby just fully forms into an elephant. And she so plants her happy. feet and stamps, and the trunk is ready to go. If the elephant moves at least 20 feet straight towards a creature and then hits it with a gore attack yep. on the same turn, the target must succeed on a DC 12 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Yep, so you're going for trampling charge? Yes, I am. The elephant breaks away all the roots that have been holding it down as it swells and then it lowers its head and takes aim at the angry tree and trampling charges the fury at which Ertleby runs almost makes it sound like there's a stampede behind her and go ahead and give me your attack roll 22 you hit 3d8 plus 6 damage 15 piercing damage and that target has to do a DC 12 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Seven. And that gives you a free stomp. I'm, you better believe I'm going to stomp it. So you watch as Ertleby charges forward and then gores it with her tusks, throws it to the ground, and then rises, Ertlefit, like raises Ertlefit. up. Yeah, yeah boy. Um, so my stomp, it's a 3d10 plus six. So that's 19 plus six is 25. So... 40 total, and then after she finishes stomping or as she stomps, she like raises her trunk in the air. It's like, <laughs> Tin, you could like in the shot cinematically as she's doing that, you just see Tin in the background like going, It's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you watch is like when she did that, she rips parts of its bark off and leaves exposed tree already like it's that was a significant amount of damage tin i'm gonna try sharpshooting it for the first attack a 21 that's a hit oh. 
Okay. Um, Eleven. Um, plus four. So twenty-four damage. All right. So yeah. Um, so yeah. You watch as Ertleby has ripped parts of its bark off, and then as her trunk flies up and she pulls back, in the background, lining up a shot the entire time is Tin. Who fires right into the exposed underside of the creature. So yeah, your first shot causes almost like an explosion of wood. The next one would be a 20. That's a hit. 18. Alright, and you watch as more bark flies off of it, and it you've left like a like you basically lined lined the same shot twice. Like you shot it. It recoiled, and then you waited for it to settle down, and then took the second shot and got it in the exact same spot. So a huge chunk of it just splintered open, where once it was this imposing tree that was taller than the rest, it's now left as if it's been, like, half brought to bear. Uh, I have action surge. Yep. I'm an action surge. I'm sorry. I'm like, I just want to get this thing while it's down, and just, like... Assassinate it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So that'd be a 22 with, uh, even with the sharpshooter, 24, another 24 damage. And so then as it comes up, you take a shot at the other exposed area from the other trunk. I mean, from the other, um, tusk <laughs> and open that up and that's huge damage. And it's reeling from that. Okay. One mo, one mo gain. Sharpshoot. <laughs> 17 to hit? It shifts its weight just enough to block that with uh, its barky hide. Alright, so it can't really reach 10, so it's going to focus purely on Erdelfent. So it brings both of its arms back and then drives its branches into you and slams both of its, uh, like essentially what would be its palms, against the side of your head for uh, 24 damage. I'm an elephant. Barely phases me. Yep. <laughs> oh my god! Um, You're so OP! <laughs> and then it's going to try to get away from you, so you get an, attack, an opportunity attack. 20? That's a hit. So yeah, so you dive forward and slash across it, and where the split that came in for its mouth, you've basically dragged both your tusks across that, and so now its mouth is like half splintered off and it can't really use it for any kind of uh, expressive functions. Tin? What up, baby? Coming in. Are you doing sharpshooter? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, no. It's not enough. Alright, so I'm not gonna sharpshoot this next time. 19? Is a hit. Uh, 10 damage. You line up another shot and you watch as a large part of its midsection splinters off and it looks like it could go at any moment. It's really trying to struggle to keep its balance. Its turn, its first attack hits you for 10. Its okay. second attack, it does the same thing where like it tries to slam the sides of your head again. So mm -hmm. it did 24 damage from its two attacks and then it holds onto your head and more of those uh, roots erupt from the ground. Like you can see it, it dig its its own self into the ground a little bit, and then these roots break out and start splintering into you again. I need you to make a deck save. I actually got a 10, sorry. And then you take another 17 damage from those uh, roots, and they're holding you in place. 
and then you watch as uh, it looks to the side, and one of the chasms is starting to split and race towards you. It's going to hold you in place until the chasm gets to you, so you can fall into the underwood. Turtle So the the roots are holding the elephant. Yes. Um, elephants are huge. Um, <laughs> Ertlebe is much smaller. Ertlebe's going to transform back into her normal self. All and, right. like, try and swing through the, the roots yeah. before. And as soon as you drop, yeah, you're free from those roots. And she and then, hustles on out. All right, it's um, going to take an attack opportunity against you. And as you run away, it manages to scratch you for six more damage. Yeah, so you drop your form, and suddenly you find yourself quick and nimble again, especially since you're only eight years old. And mm-hmm. you run and race and jump through the vines. And some of them do manage to scratch at you and get a little bit of damage in before you leave, but you are in the clear. Tim? All right. All right. Well, I'm going to try sharpshooting. I'm going to uh, use a luck point and try to reroll that. Uh, 16? Nope. Well, that was for my first, so that failed. Nope. I'm not going to sharpshoot. I'm just going to normal shoot. <sighs> so not as cool. 13 again. Yep, you so. got inspiration still? Not that you... I do... I do have one inspiration. Feel free to save, but... Yeah, uh, like, no, also, no, I didn't say anything. I think... No, I think you're right, though. Like, why not, right? Um, yeah, I'll use my inspiration to re-roll that. All right. Um, 19. It's a hit. Jesus. All right. There's <laughs> another 10 damage. Your first shot, you try to carefully aim... And you don't connect. And you kind of curse under your breath. And then you line up the second shot. And you see when you want to pull the trigger. And then you take a breath and you go, this isn't the time. And you use that inspiration to basically go like, no. And instead of trying to sharpshoot it, you just let your instincts take over. And when you feel like you have the shot, you fire off one last shot. It pierces right through that large hole you had started to create and causes it to completely shatter and fall apart. Wood and sp- like splinters fly everywhere. It collapses. Uh, the foliage falls down. And it's gone. You did it! Yay! It, yeah, it splinters and falls apart, breaks apart, and everything's quiet for a second. And then the chasms start to close up. And then off in the distance, you see the trees start to shift. And there's another path. But this path doesn't lead further into the woods. It leads towards a dirt road. From behind you, you can feel or hear Yisrael and the kids come up. They come from around the, uh, around from like some foliage. And they start walking towards you. And they're not approaching you. They're just walking into the area and they're watching what happens. And then the fairy flies start to light up the area. And then finally, whether or not you ever really hear words is a debate you can have with yourself for as long as you want. These are sensations. Maybe you're hearing words, maybe you're not, but whatever it is, finally, you feel as if the forest itself is speaking to you. And it reaches out to both of you. Both of you can hear now. And there's sorrow in its voice. And it says, I'm sorry. I just wanted to give you your childhoods back. 
Uh, Ertleby would, would smile and say, Forrest, I really did have a lot of fun today. Thank you. Thank you for this memory of what childhood is like. But there are joys in adulthood too. Growing is a joy. And I have had many joys in my long life. And it kind of has this acceptance that it kind of helps you understand that it's feeling. And then it says, it, it, again, whether it's using words or not, you're not quite sure, but it, it makes it known that what it wants to say to you is, but the dreaming tree is gone and the dreams are dying. Rolanus is dying. Soon the rest of the cosmos will die. The suffering has been released. It was released upon the dreaming, and now the mortal plane's times are done. I, I just wanted to give you youth back. Youth is when dreams are the most alive. If maybe I can help you dream again, if I can help everyone dream, then maybe there'll be dreams. Not even stories can save the planes when the suffering comes. I want to have you here. I want to have all of you here. If I could, I would have all of Rolanus here. It, it's not just myself that is reaching out. The forests of Rolanus are reaching out to people right now, trying to bring them into us to protect you from when the worlds end. Even if you walk this path ahead of you, you're going to walk right into tragedy. The hobgoblins have, in, have infested my skin. They're here to hunt down the last of the turtle. They, they live inside a myth that says that the turtle nearly drove them into extinction, drove them into isolation. It, they've been corrupted or or possessed by the suffering and now there is no reasoning with them they're here the moment you walk out of here you walk right into the strife and conflict that exists out there why and then you kind of feel its voice pull back and the forest opens a new path the one that you saw, it kind of opens up even more, and more detail fills out. And you feel like a sensation that the dirt road ahead of you is not really a dirt road. It's not going to lead you to a specific dirt road, but it's a representation. Behind you, a loving, accepting woods that will give you everything, ask for nothing, and keep you and all those you love safe forever. Ahead of you is a dirt road. It's a path of uncertainty that will take everything it can from you. Offer nothing and will put you and everyone you know at risk. It's a path you walked without choice until now. And then you feel the voice kind of pull back. Everyone's waiting. It's up to you guys. Ken is going to look down at Ertleby. Uh, hearing her say kind of the same thoughts um, that she had, and she's going to offer her hand. Ertleby takes it in her child hand. And um, 
Tin is going to start walking towards the dirt path. The two of you walk forward, and as you walk, you feel your bodies start to give a little again. You can feel time be given back to you. In a certain way, you were given youth, you were given eternity, but time was also kind of pulled away from you, and now you can feel it return to your bodies. And all the familiarity and the struggles and the weight of time come back to you. You can feel it in your shoulders, in your back, in the way you walk, in the way that you interpret everything that's happening around you. And as you're on the cusp of leaving, right as you're walking out, you can feel the forest almost reach itself to you, almost like the branches kind of reach out and gently touch either your face or your shoulder. And it leaves you with one last thought, like one completely pure thought, but it leaves you with the words, I love you. And then you guys walk out. Thanks for listening to part three of Fun Times in the Forest. Have a few thoughts on the episode? Let us know, because we're going to be doing an episode of World Talkers soon, where we're going to read comments, take questions, and talk with Megan and Olivia about what happened inside the forest. So keep checking Patreon for information on when that's going to happen. Thank you all for being members of the World Walkers Patreon. I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity to share all the games and the stories with all of you. Thank you. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at Incompetech.com. And the sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at Sirenscape.com. But there is one thought in the back of your head. You, you, you kind of reflexively reach for the power of your cloak, and you realize it's not there yet. But right behind it are the wings of youth. Anytime you want them. Wait, that's right, because I've gotten younger. Right? Is yeah. that what you're saying? No, you're not young enough yet. Oh, what do I have to do? <laughs> like anytime, <laughs> essentially, anytime you, anytime you want to accept the forest invitation, this battle can end. This battle can end the moment you guys don't want it to happen anymore. I can't. No, I no, can't I, I, freaking I, accept it. No, I, I. It was a moment I was trying to create that didn't play very well. I was, <laughs> oh. Sorry. Um, Tin, what'd you roll for initiative? Uh, A five, a mighty five. Alright, hold on. They hate giving big speeches because they don't do shit. I got a 16. Your speech was bitchin'. Um, Okay, so I was on a swing. Is that what our uh, elephants sound like? They sound like that now. Oh, I that's it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Pretty good. I nailed it. <laughs> I can't do it. This is just it. You're okay. So, uh, Erdelfant is huge. <laughs> so, well. When you put it like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm like large and in charge. Uh, Large and in charge is how I would say. You like do both the voices, and it's like padding. Yeah, kill out of hell. (laughs) Jake, kill (laughs) Paddington. I wasn't ready for Jake to show up right away. (laughs) Kill Paddington. Uh, to be fair, it's entirely Ertleby's fault that Paddington died. <laughs> it is blameless. 